I'm Eric Court. Welcome to Real and Present, Episode 1. This is a podcast about mindfulness as a practice and mindfulness as a way of life. Mindfulness as a practice is based on an ancient tradition of meditation, although more recently, scientists have used modern tools like functional MRI to quantitate and demonstrate the beneficial effects that mindfulness has on the brain. Experientially, those of us who practice mindfulness experience it allows us to become observers of our thoughts. Sometimes I hear people say that they're not able to meditate because they have too many thoughts racing through their brain. It's precisely because of this phenomena that we need to meditate. When we meditate, we learn to observe our thoughts and observe spaces between our thoughts. And this shift between being a thinker of thoughts to being an observer of thoughts is actually very powerful. First of all, we learn that we are more than our thoughts. I am not just a thinker, but I am a being that can observe my thoughts. And when I do observe pauses between my thoughts, during those pauses, I, whatever I might be, does not cease to exist. When we learn to observe our thoughts, we also realize that we can start to exert some control over our thoughts. Now, this is not easy to do. Mindfulness is a practice that you can learn in a few minutes, but it's something that may not be mastered even throughout the entirety of our life. Now, there may be some masters of mindfulness who are able to go long periods of time without thinking any thoughts, but that is not the experience of most of us who practice mindfulness. The thoughts continue to come, but rather than being constantly carried away by our thoughts, we learn to let those thoughts just pass along down the stream of our consciousness. And as we do that, we also notice that there are pauses between those thoughts, and those pauses over time become longer and longer. And as we meditate, we notice that those thoughts start to settle and dilute and become quieter and less frequent. We might notice this over the course of a single period of meditation, but we also will notice this more and more over time as we meditate over the period of weeks, months, and throughout our lives. So as we begin to meditate, we may notice there's little or no pauses between our thoughts. There doesn't seem to be any periods of quiet, but that's fine. The first and most important step is simply to notice that you're thinking. You will then likely experience periods where you again get lost in thoughts and are no longer noticing that you're thinking, and suddenly it occurs to you, oh, I was thinking again, and then you can again begin this process of simply observing your thoughts. We'll go into the practice of meditation in much more detail in coming weeks. But first, let's talk about mindfulness as a way of life. The hope for a mindfulness meditation is not simply to enjoy some peace and tranquility for 10 or 15 minutes a day. What we might hope for is that through the practice of mindfulness meditation, the door will be open to a way of life that gives us access to living in a way that is more attentive to all of the good things that our existence has to offer in the present moment, rather than being constantly carried along in a flurry of thoughts and emotions, worries and concerns. The ability to be observers of our thoughts that we experience in mindful meditation can be carried over into the rest of our lives. We can begin to observe what we're thinking moment by moment and observe what we're feeling moment by moment. And over time, as we continue to grow in this practice, we can discover that we can exert some control over what we're thinking about and even what we're feeling. 
Now, again, this is not something that is easy to do. It is a skill that takes practice and development over the course of our lives. But the result can be very powerful. The fundamental premise is that existence is its own reward. And what I mean by that is that simply existing in this world, being able to experience the world, including the natural world, relationships with one another, enjoyable interactions with each other, are tremendous gifts and can bring us tremendous joy and happiness in and of themselves. Now, what competes with the rewards of our existence is the suffering that we experience on a daily basis. And suffering I would put into two categories. The first category is suffering that is rooted in the reality of the present moment. This category might include things like physical pain or illness. I would even include things like a significant loss of a loved one or other kind of loss. It might include concerns that are related to real and present threats to our well-being. Perhaps you're not sure where the next meal is going to come from or how you're going to pay certain bills or how you're going to overcome some conflict you have in your relationships. But there's a second category of suffering that exists only in the realm of thoughts. These are things like worry about something that's going to happen in the distant future or shame or anger that arises out of some memory you have from the past. These are types of suffering that have actually no point of reference in the present moment in reality. They are purely in your thoughts. And if you were to stop thinking about them, then that suffering would actually disappear, at least for as long as you were able to stop thinking about them. It is this category of suffering that mindfulness helps to alleviate. It teaches us to exert some control over our thoughts and to observe what we're thinking and ask ourselves, is this suffering that I'm experiencing simply because of these thoughts that I'm thinking, or does it have some point of reference in the reality of the present moment? And if we decide that this suffering does arise from purely our thoughts alone, we can start to control and redirect those thoughts. Again, difficult to do, but certainly possible with some practice. Now, this discipline has a number of benefits. Not only does it reduce the suffering that we experience purely from the realm of thoughts, but by reducing that suffering, we now have more time and energy to address the suffering that is arising out of the real world in the present moment. In addition, even when we are experiencing suffering that is arising due to factors that are really present here in the present moment, the discipline of mindfulness allows us to observe that suffering and bring into that experience other aspects of our experience. For example, we might say, yes, I'm experiencing this physical pain, but also notice the beautiful sunset or this beloved person or this lovely music that I'm experiencing. And being able to step out of our suffering and observe it and bring in joy and peace from other experiences we're having simultaneously, we can reduce the magnitude of that suffering. Through the practice of mindfulness, we probably would not expect to escape from all suffering, and we actually probably wouldn't want to. For example, if a loved one dies, you don't want to be freed of the sorrow and grief that is involved in that experience. That wouldn't seem to honor this loved one and their life and contributions to your world. However, through the practice of mindfulness, we are able to reduce suffering and assign it its proper place in our life 
and increase our awareness of the sources of joy, peace, and beauty that are so often right around us. We'll be talking about these topics in much more detail in the coming weeks, and I hope you will join me again. Until then, be well.